Hi, welcome to our podcast, The Perfect Blend, where we talk about books and the perfect cup of tea to complement it. We are your hosts, Shelley Haskell and Candy Baker. This podcast started from an idea of blending the perfect cup of tea with some of our favorite books. All right. Hi, Shelly. Hi, Candy. How are you doing today? I am great. What book are we reading this week? What book? What are we we talking about? Well, this week, our feature book is Big Lies in a Small Town by Diane Chamberlain. Um, You know, we're sticking with our North Carolina setting books because it's um, November feels like home month for us. And this book is set in a, it's very close, and it's close to where we grew up, Edenton, North Carolina. All right. So the summary about this book is Morgan's, Morgan Christopher's life has been derailed. She's taken the fall for a crime she didn't commit, and her dream of a career of art is put on hold until a mysterious visitor makes her an offer that will get her released from prison immediately. Her assignment is to restore an old post office mural in a sleepy southern town. She doesn't know anything about art restoration, but she wants to be free and out of prison, so she accepts. And once she starts taking away the layers of grime, there's a painting that tells a story of madness, violence, and a conspiracy of small town secrets. Yes. What tea did you choose to go (laughs) along with our book? Okay, so I got some new sips and some new steeps. (laughs) I love it. That's perfect. Oh, that's that's a logo. um, A sip, my my tea is from the Tea Spot, and it is called Lady Lavender. It has, um, it's a black tea with lavender and orange peel, bergamot, and vanilla. It is delicious. Um, I did put some sweetener in it. I don't have any honey. I'm out of honey, honey. I had stevia in it. Honey. I know. And then I have this cute little cup from now. Look, I would say Lazero, but (laughs) Lazero. That's what I'm saying, Lazero. And it is just a cute little glass mug. And I and there's some pictures of it if you followed this past week before this drops you'll see some pictures and it's a clear glass with its own little steeping cup and um and and uh, top so i i like it it's pretty it lets me see my tea it and is it also pretty. Lets a little bit of loose tea hang out in the bottom which i find is necessary if i'm going to be trying to play around with reading tea leaves i got a book on that <laughs> ah, i was getting ready to say that goes back to the witches <laughs> back because there's reading tea leaves. That's right. There's no tea leaves left in the cup to read. <laughs> I love it. So, well, since this book, I love it. Since this book was um, kind of had some heavy things in it. Oh boy. Um, and it's it's been a wild ride up into this, you know, getting to our recording. I picked traditional medicine, medicinals, organic everyday detox, which supports healthy skin and liver function. And not that I've been drinking, but my liver can, you know, it's always nice to make your liver happy, but yes, <laughs> anyway, it it's lemon mm-hmm. and talking about new teacups and I'm not supposed to buy cups. So don't I, I tell, tell anybody in my family, don't tell them I bought this cup. But when we were at Quail Ridge well, Books, we well, found the cutest teacup. It's from Fly Paper Products, Literary Gifts for Book Lovers. And it is a ceramic mug and it has books and teacups and teapots and lemons and tea bags all over it. It is the cutest thing. It's going to be featured on Instagram. And so I'm just having my nice detox tea on a nice rainy day while we're talking about our book. Going to pretend like there was not a ton of stuff this week and there's not a ton of stuff coming up in about a few hours for you you that's right tiny bubble that we're going to hang out in we're going to detox in this little tiny bubble so that we can get ready for the next onslaught that's right so um let's talk a little bit about this book and i wanted to just let our readers know that um diane chamberlain I've read quite a bit about her in this book. She's actually lives in North Carolina. 
Um, and she was invited to a friend's, uh, she was, well, uh, I think it was just a reader, invited her to come when she came to Edenton to come check it out. And that visit to Edenton helped inspire um, this book. And it's a massive book. It was a little bit larger than what I thought when I first got started, because, you know, sometimes I'm not in the book. I'm on a video, I mean, an audio or digital. And Mm -hmm. this one, I did both um, digital book and audio book because I was on the road a lot. But um, we we traveled to Edenton. So if you saw us on Instagram this week, you've seen some of our um, Edenton posts. So please check that out too. That's right. Edenton is, it's a nice little town to visit. And, you know, I did a little research. I read about her and I thought that was pretty cool that she had settled in North Carolina mm-hmm. and still writing. She used to be a psychologist. I thought that was, that was mm-hmm. pretty neat. It is too. interesting. She, uh, she's been, she's done some stuff. Um, I looked up stuff about post office murals since that is the big feature in our book and they were chosen by um, a national competition and artists submitted sketches depicting American subjects and modern art and abstract art were discouraged because they wanted to represent America this was during the 1930s 1940s and they had 850 artists commissioned to paint 1,371 murals. 162 of those artists were women, three were African-American, and they were painted between 1934 and 1943. And I went on to find out from that information um, from federalnewsnetwork.com that there are mural preservationists out there trying to restore these works. And they're finding them in places and pulling them out and trying to restore them. And sometimes they're found in buildings and the murals are now worth more than the building that they're in now. Hey. Wow. I, yeah. um, I think I, I was trying to look here while you were talking. I did come across some information about that, too. And there's some commission stamps, too, from some of those murals. So there's some collector stamps on that. If you're into that's that, that's very cool. I looked up to see what North Carolina murals there were, and if Edenton did have a mural. I just went on Wikipedia and looked at um, what did I pull up? List list of United States post office murals, and mm-hmm. you can look and see by state um, where there are murals, the names of them, and their status at this point. So mm-hmm. some of them are missing. Some of them are oil on canvas. Um, it tells you what what medium they used. And Edenton is not on the list. Right. But she, I thought that's really cool how she brought that in. Yeah. She she had and and you know that's that's the great part of being an author. You can you can take all this factual stuff and you make your own story with it. And it really, she as a person who loves to do research that she did um, a lot of different pieces for this on um, restoration, on the, on the mm-hmm. art, um, on the, on the town. So she did a lot, quite a bit. Yes. So did you like the book? I did like the book and I actually starting off, it was, um, it was okay. And I was, um, kind of interested in the storyline, especially with um, Morgan Christopher and her storyline, the art storyline that ties everybody together was great backdrop to understand artists. It's a totally different um, story plot, you know, Mm -hmm. thread than some things that is out there. I thought it was really unique the way she did that. The two person the POVs of different time frames got my little bit of time jumping in there and I love historical fiction probably as as much as anything else um so that part really intrigued me as well yeah so So it it didn't bother you going back did you like the time jumping going back and forth there were times when I had to go back and reread things because um (laughs) audiobook notice here when you're listening to an audiobook there was no real distinction between the chapters like you would see in the book 
So I would have, I'd be all of a sudden I'd be listening in the car or whatever. And I'd be like, Oh, wait a minute. And then I'd have to stop and go back or um, come back home and maybe recheck some things. Cause you know, we're, we're reading for discussion. So I'd like to make sure I know what I'm talking about. Well, yeah. So I, I did, that was hard in the audiobook because it did not, it just, it, it doesn't even pause really. It was just like going into it. So I really had to get back and look at that, but I caught on. I mean, it does happen that in narration, right. That that can happen. But uh, I liked, yeah, I'm used to that kind of thing. You know, Game of Thrones, you're always jumping from one POV to another in different time places. And that's one of my, so I really love that style. A lot of, a lot of writers are using that uh, first person POV character yeah. driven and then jumping from those parts of the story instead of that omniscient uh, one. Yeah. So it's like going up a hill, mm-hmm. you know, it's slow going up the hill mm-hmm. and you're going back and forth and you're trying to figure out what's going on. And then you go back and forth. It seems like it starts to get faster. And then, you know, you start going down the hill towards the ending of the book and everything's starting to, you know, you're going back and forth really quick. And then there's hopefully, and 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 I think for this book, there's a conclusion that you can live with. <laughs> yeah, the conclusion is very interesting. <laughs> um did you expect that? I'm jumping all around, but did oh my you gosh. expect that well, in the conclusion? My expectations of this book. <laughs> Um, there were, I will say that Diane, Miss Chamberlain did a great job of trying to bury the leads in a way she didn't, she, there was enough as we were going along to understand that there, you, you got an idea about something. You're like, Oh, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's where it's going. And then that would be, and then the story events would take place. And that would kind of, you would forget that you got that little nudge. Right. And then later on in the story, you got a little more of that nudge. And then all of a sudden you got like, oh, yeah, I did think that at one time that that was going to happen. You know, there was a couple of those little nudges that I I had. Yep. But um, especially about Morgan Christopher, uh, her story. As an artist. And as a young person who gets caught up in a, in a really horrible mistake uh-huh. and something that, um, and she's kind of caught up. I mean, there are parallels between Morgan's and Anna Dale's of being, uh, well, mil- kind of maliciously used by um, people who are maybe wealthier and have an and uh, of course male personalities and mm-hmm. uh, family wealth and family um reputation and appearance they both were completely um similar in that where even in their time periods where they were a they were discarded by people and let left holding the bag so to speak that's a great way to put it uh, that, that 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 was like well you're you're really not you know this this person is so much more important than you and they have so much more going on and you, 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 you're worthless. Uh, just you, like you Anna said, fine. Morgan said, you, it wouldn't matter. You didn't have much for your future. Anyway, you can, you can deal with this easier. Mm-hmm. And of course that was a decision that she, she took on. She made it herself. She um, was not she in did. her right mind when she made that decision, but she made it herself and she thought that she was protecting someone she loved and so she did. And uh, yeah, so that person went on and she had to deal with it. She thought she was loved. She found, she thought she found someone who would love her. Mm-hmm. And she was thinking this ultimate sacrifice would. And then she realized, no, <laughs> that was, you know, her, her doing that tied things up for the person she loved in a nice little package so that he could walk away. And she was left with the aftermath and she took that responsibility. She really did. It wasn't a lot of, she had a lot of anger, which I don't blame her, but she also took it and moved on with it. I think that she was such a, she's such a kind person. I mean, she totally, I I can't imagine. I mean, she's in prison for a while. And I can't imagine 
her personality being mm-hmm. in prison and who she was as a as more of a gentle person, as an artist, as a um, I mean, there are things in her background, but right. there are that probably made her okay to deal with the dysfunctionality of mentally challenged people, mentally ill people, or mm-hmm. violent people, or um of, you know, addicts of different kinds. So she definitely had that upbringing and experience in her life that maybe she probably, maybe she did do okay in there now that I'm thinking it out loud, you know, she wasn't shook to her core that this was where she was. Like, she was like, well, here's where I'll, you know, I know these people. <laughs> these were people she my had a, with. <laughs> She had a skill set mm-hmm. for understanding how to take care of herself because she'd had to do it for so long. Yeah. And not not to the extent that she had to practice it, but she did have that idea of self-preservation. Mm-hmm. But she still was a gentle soul and she still was an artist and mm-hmm. she seemed um, very caring and, and sweet to me. She, I mean, she was tough, but she seemed just sweet and kind. Mm-hmm. So it didn't it didn't jade her to the point where she was prickly and somebody that you didn't want to deal with and she still had prickly people and she had to live with lisa and lisa was a prickly she was a headstrong mean person yeah well she was headstrong okay yeah i would say headstrong yeah so morgan christopher gets this opportunity we're i'm going to focus on the storyline a little bit and try not to go too much because i do want everybody to really understand that there's some very interesting things going on here she got kind of a deal of a lifetime you right. know she got um somebody who'd been looking out for her or looking out for her as an artist wanted to give her an opportunity that when she was able to get out on parole uh, after her first year that she would be that they would want her to to do some to restore this artwork and right. it was an artist who has had done had this piece and who was an artist himself and his Jesse Williams and his whole claim to fame is not just his art, but his beneficiary um, and philo- philanthropic, there we go. Philanthropic. <laughs> there we go. Um, endeavors and helping um, those who are down and out who have artistic skills and talents to, to be able to get um, into the mainstream of art. So that's that was a person that he had had on his idea to um, come work for him or do some work for him. And that was interesting. So when that's that got, that's how she got into the story. That's how she got out of prison and got to Edenton. Right. Yeah. And she, she had a deadline that she was really worried that she wasn't going to meet. And she had the feeling, you know, she understood that she had to get this done or she was going back and so, oh. she's under this, you know, I've got to get this done. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do my best. And a lot is writing on this, which she finds out. And I, I was just amazed. And you, you don't know why Jesse Jameson Williams did this for her. She doesn't know why. She doesn't know why her hit her, his daughter, who is standing to lose a lot if she doesn't come through with this. She doesn't know why. And so you're constantly in the back of your head, why, just along with Morgan, why me? Why did he pick Morgan? What is the significance of Morgan beyond she had she wasn't well known. She hadn't done that well in art school. I mean, and, she's only for like three years. She's young. Yeah, she didn't even, she didn't graduate. So there's got to be something here that we'll eventually discover that for the reason why he picked her. Yes. But I mean, even, I mean, as Morgan's kind of digging into that in her own mind, she's imagining scenarios of him constantly getting, he has like, maybe he has a network of people who are looking for struggling artists, you know, mm-hmm. maybe he has people who talk to the art schools. I mean, she kind of tries to find those answers along the way. And, you know, which of her professors would have thought something of her and, you know, you know, what pieces would they might've seen? Cause she had, didn't have a lot, you know, so there was a lot of that 
meandering in her own mind and we get to kind of meander along with her on that and that's cool I like that so as she is working on this piece she has to restore one of these art murals that um had been stored it actually had never been installed it had been put away and um it seems like it had been destroyed or muddy it was just a mess but through that that's where we start getting into we go back to the 1940s and we start finding out about Anna Dale right and the artist uh, of the mural the artist of the mural and how she was pulled into this experience in Edenton as a young woman at a time where she was a young woman with short hair and wore pants coming to the south <laughs> coming to the south yes to a small town and she in the wore south Oh, I'm not going out like that, are you? <laughs> As I was reading, Miss Myrtle. <laughs> yes, yes, you were. As I was reading it and and listening to, and I realized that the mindset was very different at that time, but it just it just sounds so ridiculous. It just sounds that was 20 years before we were born. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and it just. I know, I know that things were different back then, but the things that happened in the story, the way people thought and the way you were supposed to behave or the things that you were supposed to do is just so bizarre looking at now. Yeah, you know, she couldn't go out in pants in Edenton, North Carolina. And I bet you you could go to Walmart, Edenton, North Carolina and see a woman in her pajamas and slippers walking <laughs> and nobody's gonna say anything they may yeah. think stuff but they're not gonna say it that's right we've anytime. come a long yeah. way baby that's right so you know anna anna was uh she did not put in for this town she did a mural for the town that she was near in new jersey and um i think it was was it clara barton about yes it was something about clara barton yeah She's, yeah, Claire Barton. And so she was doing something about that and that did not get accepted, but they wanted to give her a chance. They really liked her work. And so they put her in Edenton. And that, it was an odd connection for, uh, this was where the government and the art, the government art committee who was doing this. I don't know why. <laughs> I bet the males were given the bigger cities. I'm and because sure. she was female, oh, well, we're going to give you a city where we're going to give you this little place nobody knows about. And, right. you know, putting somebody from New Jersey in Edenton, it's, well, it's they did, two different so, countries. I think it's more on the, I think it's more about the, the female, you know, a good artist. Oh, and then they find out that she's a female because they're not supposed to know names and things like that. When no. they did, she's supposed to be fairly anonymous. Um, from where they were located and things like that. So that I'm assuming that the entries were sketches or paintings they could submit. Yeah, they just sent something in to, then, to look at their artwork to decide mm -hmm. if they wanted them for the mural. That's right. So, but her work was good enough that they wanted to give her a posting to do. And so whether they knew she was a woman or at that point, I feel like probably. I oh yeah they had to know and, and they don't really she doesn't she just always kept making everybody aware that it was you know um that the selection committee made their choices not based on it was a blind choice or it was supposed to be blind choice because of uh, a person from Edenton also put in for that yeah and, and bless her heart she had to keep saying that because they were so prejudiced against her because once she was I mean it was bad enough that she came from New Jersey but she was a female and their person it was worse she came from New Jersey and she was a female I mean they kindly wanted her to step aside and let the Edenton man just have her place because they had their own artist mm -hmm. and they they refused to you know you have that small-minded small town and I, I don't want to offend anybody but when you're in a small town you have that microcosm you don't need anybody else from the big city telling you how to do things see that that right and they and they really said you're insulated you could even even um really understand 
their life because she was so different from a different background. And um, they and then they did take to it a bit and they wanted to let her know everything. They wanted to take her around and um, force her to stay there. <laughs> they did. I mean, it was a little bit off putting. I mean, I kind of got, you know, scary story movie vibes going on right then. It was like, no, you can't go back. Just have somebody ship your stuff. You got to stay here. Look, Miss Myrtle's going to take care of you. And you're just going to stay right here forever. <laughs> and yeah. it was like, it was like. Exactly. You have that Southern hospitality. <laughs> you have that Southern hospitality. But then again, and, and we know from, from the present time that Anna Dale just disappeared off the face of the earth. So I know. And, the whole we, and we knew that. that. We knew that happened. from the beginning. So you're hearing them tell her, oh, no, you're going to stay, you know, we're going to stay here. And they just, anything she said about, I need to see the town in a couple of days and I've got to go back. And they just kept saying they refused to listen to her. I know. And you get that little sense of foreboding. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, you start thinking this sounds like separate wives or something like that, where they yeah. have a big Great old factory story or, uh, uh -huh. you know, Twilight Zone starting to happen here. Yes. Definitely yes. It did have that little eerie. And, yeah. you know, we understand, we understand Southern hospitality. You do yeah. want to make people feel welcome and you want to do that. So I appreciated that. But knowing that she had disappeared from reading the the, the present part, yeah. chapters, you just think, oh my God, what did they do to her? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So she she does a really good job of trying to balance her own her own experiences that she was going through because she um, had her own uh, misfortunes at that time. She was basically a babe in the woods in a lot of ways. She was as young. She's about the same age as Morgan, pretty mm -hmm. much the same age. I don't know if they're exactly the same age, 22, but 22 maybe. Um, you know, babe in the woods, first time out. Uh, Morgan obviously is much more smart about the world because she's lived a different life, but Anna really was a sheltered person. She only knew her mother and she, her aunt and her art school. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of it. I'm going to disagree there because yeah. her upbringing, she was also having to be resilient and be the adult. And her mother did yeah. take her all over the place. Mm -hmm. So she had a, she had a very different perspective of being raised she wasn't really raised. She had to fend for herself, kind of like Morgan did. Yeah. So I think they're kind of parallel in that respect. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. I agree with that. I, I can see those things. She was she, very she, ignorant about the South. Did not, she did not know about the South. That's true. And um, so when she did get there and tried to find more about it and got some ideas, then there was a there's a big love affair of the town and her and everybody starts really loving her artwork and she opens up where she's painting and um she really tries to listen carefully about what everybody wants i mean everybody i mean at one point it sounded like everybody wanted you know a banner for their own business i mean yes it, it was almost like well you could do 10 billboard signs for what y'all want you know the men of the town the men of the town and none of them wanted the the tea party, you know, and that's part of Edenton's heritage is that that uh, women's tea party as they sent um, the grievances over to England back yes. during the Revolutionary War. And they were what, rebels. They, they refused rebels. to drink English tea. And, and there's a teapot. If you go to visit Edenton, we did this. We walked through the town, which was very lovely. And we found the ceramic, the teapot, not the ceramic, but the metal teapot that they uh, had created for the city to to commemorate these brave women. Mm -hmm. So, and and many people thought of Edenton as that was their one claim to fame. And I do, I do appreciate what the men were saying that there's more here. There's there's a ton of commerce here. There's some a great shipping here. There's exporting. There's you know. Um, 
all these industries that they they really wanted to kind I think they themselves wanted to be more brought into we are this modern we are the right. small town but we are a modern small town we are not you know only revolutionary women you know I could understand where they would not want that as as you know as, as we're moving into the 40s and 50s and of the age of industry and they wanted they wanted this to somehow the government was doing this. They knew they'd get a lot of recognition that would be posted in places. Obviously, yeah, there's going to be a stamp. I mean, there's going to be lots uh -huh. of things that is going to bring awareness to their town. And so they really did want it to be more of that. We are more modern. And and open it up to the fact that, yes, we are a small town. And, you, you know, we're just like a dot on the map, just like she said. But we produce things that people are dependent upon mm -hmm. our fishing industry, our cotton, our, you know, all the things that they, they produce there meant something. And even though they did their Southern drawl and ain't, and you know, they had the, the dialect. She was surprised because when she read the paper, she couldn't believe the newspaper man talked the way he did. That's right. And she just was appalled by this. The but she reads the paper here. and she's so gobsmacked that, wow. He's just well very fluent. He's very yeah. well written, very fluent. But, but you would he, not know that if you mm -hmm. talk to him. He he uses, you know, uh, colloquial Southern talk. Y'all. When, when, you know, when he was with his, with the boys and the good old boys and they're talking. And, and that is definitely a thing in the South. I mean, you really you, conversational Southern language and, and written language is can can be easily different unless you're writing with the style of the spoken this word. This is true. But and we also small towns. I think, uh -huh. They people have grown up together. Mm -hmm. Their families are established in this area. They know each other. They've grown up together, so they have that link. That sometimes in the north where people move in, move out, you've got lots of things going on. You may not have that strong family tie like you do in the South. It's not, I think my so personal opinion, I think something about the land and the family and that just country living mm -hmm. have something to it. It does. And well, when we're talking about the way they talk, I suppose back to the Northern side, you know, you could have much more, uh, you need to be more professional and more um, reserved in your in your in what you're saying and how you say it, um, because you aren't dealing with somebody who's you know your sister's third cousin, <laughs> you know, how are your your mom's you know relative down the line or however uh -huh. you want to say it, you know, just whatever your re relational and everybody is is re related in so many ways in in the South, whether by family ties or uh, just growing up near each other and family mm -hmm. friends, like you're saying. So that does change the way you interact on a social level with people of your kind and people from the outside. Most definitely. I love the way you said that, people of your kind. I want to get back a little bit. Well, I don't know if we're back or forward. Are we back or forward? We are going to talk about Morgan and her experience with the painting a little bit. Okay. So because as she is... And it's going to lead me to a question. So as 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 she is on, she's asked to restore this. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's, thank goodness for Oliver, who says, get a stick and some little, very soft cotton <laughs> and some distilled water. <laughs> and now we know that you have to put out, square it off and do it, you know, painstakingly inch by inch. And she's doing that. And as she's doing it, it first starts out looking like a beautiful portrait of the women of right. the teapot. And then some very disturbing images start coming through. And because Anna was missing the impression that we all get through Morgan and Oliver and, and our experiences that she has just kind of went cuckoo. She she somehow is probably ended up in some sort of maybe an asylum or something strange and just is not heard of anymore right. because there's no other artwork from this person. No, she disappeared off the face of the earth. Right. And what what's leading up to this is we know about her mother. 
So right. the whole time you're assuming the same things about Anna. So that kind of leads me to my question a little bit about um, art, artist, and mental illness. Some of the greatest art is done from people who we now know were definitely um, struggling with uh, schizophrenia or um, bipolar, manic mm -hmm. depressive issues like um, her mother. Narcissists. Mm -hmm. Narcissists. So these these extreme emotions and, and mindsets often lead to some great art and music, right? It's mm -hmm. becomes very, it's your creative side. So um, I don't know. It's It's kind of a strange thing on how my question is, you know, mental illness or an altered state of just viewing reality, you know, is, is it to be treated? <laughs> is it to you, be? You wonder. You know? well, and and, and maybe the sensitivity to, I don't know, they have this channel of expressing themselves mm -hmm. and they seem to be so sensitive to colors, images all of these things that, and it may be just the way their brain is wired and not mm -hmm. everybody attunes themselves to these things. Mm -hmm. It just, it's interesting because we read a lot about artists. And I think one of the wonderful things about being a children's librarian is the wealth of picture books that come oh, out right. about artists to introduce them to children. And you kind of get an idea of their history without having to go too deep. And you find out these things about these people and how, because you always look at these beautiful works of art or interesting or unique works of art. And you wonder what inspired them to do this. And you think with Jesse, Jesse Jameson Williams and how much she admired his art and that she's excited about is you know, she loved Judith Chipley's Shipley's art and she is looking to this Anna Dale must be this wonderful artist if Jesse Jameson Williams has held on to this mural and this is so important and you think this is going to be an amazing thing <laughs> it's a horror show <laughs> on right. canvas that's right uh, the art it's not it's not bad art it's not it artistically the images that come through are well painted the colors are have held up the design and the structure of the characters are beautiful so it's not a, a bad painting like you know if I painted something <laughs> they'd be like what in the world were they thinking mm -hmm. you know stick figures and you know Oh, that's nice, Shelly. Her canvas. <laughs> that's yeah, nice. Not that kind of bad art. It's <laughs> it is <laughs> it is it is and just and it's just incredibly odd, and yes. especially for that time frame. I mean, if it was a it was a right. modern art where somebody was making a comment on small town life or history with some strange modern elements or or unusual spookiness and and hidden in certain pieces of the art, you know, you, you might would say a modern artist had done that, but to right. know that this is a woman in the 1940s that had done this, you are like, I mean, just like Morgan, she's like, she has gone crazy. This right. she had to have gone crazy. Because it doesn't jive with the town. It doesn't jive with any, and it doesn't jive with, with you know, a government. With what she's supposed to be doing. Mural of the post office, which is supposed to highlight, you know, like everyone probably should have been like Norman Rockwell, small town America on the side of a building. And you that's know, what they wanted. What they were wanting. And um, so definitely that, not American subjects and quotation, American subjects in this painting. When she's, as she's revealing, she sees American subjects, but as she gets further along in the reveal, it's not American. <laughs> Yeah, and this is it. So we're not talking about a, a I mean, this mural is what, 12 feet, I think, mm -hmm. something like that, 12 by 8. Mm -hmm. And so this is a, a huge undertaking. And so there's a lot of room for things to be revealed. And I love that um, artwork being 
the story developer, you know, as it's as, that line through that, the entire story yeah. that holds it all together. As more of the painting is revealed, more of Annadale's story is revealed and things kind of go back and and you can see it here. You're like, what is this about? And then I know we're not giving all of it away and we are purposely not trying to give it away because that is something that you guys really need to read if you haven't and, read it. Right. And there's a lot in the story that we do not want to touch on in this because this podcast is about how we enjoyed the book and the teas that we picked for it. And we just want to share a great book. But it does delve into some it things. Some very deep subjects. And it I mean, does. This one is, is between both of them. I like, and I, I mean, I am intrigued by stories of mental illness. I am intrigued by um, people who have to live that life, whether they are trying to cope through mm-hmm. everyday life the best way that they can, um, or if they're being consumed by their mental illness. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a strong, um, it's just a, a strong, you have to be strong to get through it. It doesn't, even if you think, um, if you are going through mental illness in some way, you may think a weak person, but really if something like that is happening to these people and it is beyond their control, they have to be strong to get through every day. So it's, it's right. much more of a, of a, to me, a story of strength. And so it's just very interesting. Yes. And, and, and there are some things that happen beyond the mental illness that uh, unfortunately are part of our history. And oh, yeah. it's not anything. It just, it's, yeah. yeah. It, small <laughs> town. Yeah. Exactly. Not something that, that we are proud of at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just, it's something that it ties into the story. It is a big part of the story and it builds up to that really well, but that's all I'm going to say about it. You're going to have to read it to find out what it is exactly we're talking about. And since you brought up mental illness, <laughs> okay, do you think that Anna had a mental issue like her mother, or do you think that certain times her behavior was a learned behavior what do you think I think that she had a learned behavior of dealing with traumatic experiences um and I suppose from my modern viewpoint there was some PTSD happening and that she she did exhibit some highly manic Mm -hmm. where she was not eating and she was just working and she was uh, blacking out what she was doing like she did not remember painting things she she did not well that came later yeah but all of that is part of this whole situation of she had these experiences growing up she had some traumatic events happen in this event in the story and then coming together you know did she she was worried if she had the same um bouts mm-hmm. Fancy and melancholy, like she would not talk about. You could not say the word melancholy around her. You could not say that word. You know? No, she didn't because she she dealt with it. Um, coming up with so, you know, instead of I ha- I I thought about that too when she would not eat and she would get so absorbed into what she was doing, but it made me think of um, Mahalia Chichimahaya. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the Hungarian American psychologist who talked about flow. Mm-hmm. When you're in that state of flow, right. everything else goes mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, and, and I think the author does a good job of making you wonder, teeter back and forth is this flow or is this the manic state like her mother was in? She goes back and forth. Now, at one point, at one point, I do believe she was manic because of the situation. But mm-hmm. I don't think that was a permanent thing. I think it was a temporary thing based on the circumstances. Yeah. I think the painting and being into that is more she had that flow. I can because I can be there sometimes. You just don't you, you just don't time stops and you're just into what you're doing. So that was just my thought about 
I thought that was interesting about Anna. What do you think about Jesse? We haven't talked about Jesse yet. Jesse is, man, he is awesome. Awesome through the whole story. At, as, a, as a young man uh, who was wise behind his age mm-hmm. and caring for his family and caring for Miss Anna, um, very aware of the racial, of course, the racial situation um, that he was in. I think but, he had to be wise beyond it, his but, years. But beyond it, it did not. He was, his family was awesome. Mm-hmm. Caring, wonderful family. Um, the resilience the family had over the years to hold on to what they had and to put it together and keep it um, gives me chills. I mean, just talking about it, the, what they what they did sometimes just to keep things going. And he... And then for him to turn around and continue to take his success and turn it into success for others. Wow. You know, I know. Right. And Oliver, to to let you know that he he was one of those people. He was a somebody who was 18 who couldn't. Um, he got his girlfriend pregnant and he, you know, he was going to have to drop out of art school and he was the beneficiary and so many I mean yeah. they, don't, they just so many they were just talking about how many people he helped and how he always looked for the struggling people who found themselves in life's um turning he, points mm-hmm. he truly embraced paying it forward yeah yeah and with and everything he, that happened he that, never ever he, forgot that somebody had faith in him and he paid that forward his entire life yeah Yes, he did. And he, I would love to know more about his story. I mean, yes. Diane, what happened to you're him? You're going to write any more, write more about Jesse. Because yes. <laughs> I want to know more about his do, story. Do a little novella about <laughs> yeah. what happens to him after Norfolk, Virginia. He is such a, uh, I just, I can picture him just a, uh, just a well-spoken, soft-spoken, well, an artist, a, a, just a beautiful person. And so, I really would love to experience more about his life for sure. Um, Because what, I mean, just this story as it unfolds, you see, you see an amazing person. Right. In this story. And despite circumstances, he's not even really in the story very much. (laughs) No, no, he's not. You don't get any point of view from him. He's a character in the story, but he also, the art and Jesse Jameson Williams are the thread through this entire story. And I actually got goosebumps. I can make me emotional. I know. It didn't I make me as emotional reading it as it did thinking about now that how he, he just, I yes, he just paid it forward. And uh, that was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And he was, he was, it was almost like he was sneaky about it because he didn't, he didn't let his daughter know any of this and he had this grand scheme for how he wanted things to end up and he he made it so that they all had to do that work to make it happen I guess he and he knew his his daughter begrudgingly said that he knew she'd come through kind of a genius in that way right don't you he think was. He was a man who liked puzzles right he yes. really I mean he really brought I mean he was he was in for the long game <laughs> Right. And, you know, his family mm-hmm. over hell and high water to 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 do things and to make things happen in, in times that, you know, Lisa was she did have a lot of stress in her life. But compared to the 1940s stress, it's Lisa a ballpark. She was a, she was a type A go getter, never right. stop kind of person. She was a wealthy real estate person she is she's a shaker and a mover she was that's just her stress came from her own um lifestyle job right. job of being a, a, a top-notch real estate person um we got the idea that not everything that she was that she had on in her workload was just she wasn't just selling houses in Edenton I, I had a feeling she right. was definitely in some bigger metropolitan areas Selling yes. big I think she or big bill, whatever. We didn't see that, but we know that she had some big deals going on. It wasn't just like I'm showing houses down the block. She was 
something more. She was and a mover and a shaker. And to yeah. this to her was just, I think to her, it was kind of a slap in the face. So I think part of that anger and frustration from her was I had this close relationship with my father and I took care of him. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell, dad? Why did you do this to me? <laughs> and she well, can't see. She can't, she can't see. see. And it is weird. And through the whole story, we're wondering why was she put in this precarious situation? Obviously, exactly. he cared for her. Obviously, he was going to provide for her. They were wealthy. She was going to be okay. And she said, I'll be okay. But my home is tied to this situation. My, you know, my heart, he he had her, he put it in her heart that this had to be done. And he had to transfer his strongest desires to her in a way that she would make it happen, I guess. I don't know. Um, Lots of connection that mm -hmm. she wasn't expecting. And she was a good I, he was such a great big picture thinker. Mm -hmm. he really really was mm -hmm. you know he just he had it all i just even though he's 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 not the story of you know what goes on because it goes back and forth between morgan and anna he's just such a pivotal character in this and i don't know he just he is and happy. you know it, it is interesting how um, you know, he is definitely not in the story, in the modern story, um, but comes from nothing legacy. and is determined, he's determined mm -hmm. that he's going to figure out how to do things. And he's so focused on it. Yeah. He mm -hmm. realizes that school's not important to him. The farm's not important to him. This is his life's blood. This is in him and he well, cannot do anything but don't you want to know that part of his life when he when he skedaddled out of Edenton before he ever showed back up yeah and became like this baby and now he's like now he's Edenton's you know you know star mm -hmm. what what were those years like that's what I'm saying man I want to know that, that story. that's a novella <laughs> and Chamberlain if you're listening we I want more about care. Jesse we want so, to hear his story take us I to have, Paris I know right I have a question for you. Let's see when. So, would you were you more connected to Anna's story, or were you more connected to Morgan's story? Not them as characters, but their storylines. Which one did you feel drove the book, or did you were you more like, oh, okay, let me finish this part so I get back to that person's story? You know. Oh, that's a hard one. I I kind of. I think I leaned more towards Anna. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just have that vintagey vibe mm -hmm. and all of that about the history and uh, her thought process and the being an independent woman of that time. Mm -hmm. uh, even and not the bad things about what happened in the story, but the the good things about the South. <laughs> <laughs> and, and okay. the well i'm talking you know the uh the sense of community and the, the sense of community and the hospitality and all the right all the and that she was i just like that whole vibe and and her as an artist she was a true artist morgan realized she was not of that caliber right she and you know she she finds more out about herself as she does this. Mm -hmm. I think this was a, the circumstances leading up to it were horrible, but I think this was a really good opportunity for Morgan to find out who she was and to focus on her finding things from it within instead of looking for things with, without outside of herself. Mm -hmm. I think Anna was more, I don't think she was really searching for anything. I think she was just, she was Anna. She knew who she was. She knew what she was going to do. She was just an independent woman. So I guess Anna, Anna's my girl. I get into her story and yeah, we just visited Edenton. So I'm yeah. thinking about the places she possibly went and all that. And, and, you know, to me, if I had a warehouse and I could, I could paint and do those things, <laughs> I, I would just, Oh my gosh, I would love it. 
Well, I just, I can soak it up. You could use a warehouse, by the way. <laughs> I know my poor husband doesn't even come in here anymore because I have stuff everywhere. I have cleaned up, but I do. I just, I have that itch. So I, I was, I'm, I'm with Anna. I like Morgan, but I, I'm an Anna person. How about you? Well, I, I was intrigued by Anna's story for sure. I like though, I really liked, um, so uh, we have, we kind of have a coming of age love story in a way. And then mm -hmm. we have a, like a mystery, you know, right. a, 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 a strong mystery. Um, yes. yes. So we have all of that going on and they're two different stories. So it's, but they blend well. I mean, they're not like this first half of the book and that half of the book. It's not like that at all. But I really enjoyed um, finding out about the mystery through Morgan's experience. I really enjoyed, I felt like we were reading a book inside of a book or, you know, yes. I just like that layer. And so for me, although all the drama is happening in, in the 1940s. All the drama is there. There's some drama in the 2018s, not as right. much. It's more, more of this, uh, you know, this woman's coming of age and understanding herself. And I say coming of age, she's old enough to have been through, you know, here I am, I'm a woman and I know love, but it's, it, but she's, things have stopped in her life. So now she's moving on. And so it, it's just very interesting to see her mature in those moments. And uh, a coming of age. That's what I'm saying. You know, she really had to decide yeah. that she is not a, not a, not a child, that she has a real purpose right. and she has to, to let these things go. These circumstances of her upbringing, the circumstances of her unjust it's not her. She doesn't have to hold on to that. Coming to terms. I didn't mean to say coming, coming of terms. age. I meant to say coming to terms. I had it and it all came out of my mouth wrong. That's right. I got what you're saying. Coming to terms with all of the things that have led her to this moment and she needs to move on. And how does she do that? She does that. She sure does. And so I really did like, I liked going through, I liked going through in my book, going through Morgan to get to this other history thing. I liked being, it really put me inside that story in a different way than just reading the story about Anna. The movie in your mind, a mm. little bit of the painting is revealed and then it opens up the story a little bit more. And as each little piece of the painting is revealed, more is opened up to you. That's the no, key. It's really beautiful. That's the key. Uh, very, very great writing. Yes. I mean, that's just a very great way to, to I mean, who would have thought, right? Mm -hmm. and, and there's nothing about it that's, I mean, although some of the story themes are, are very similar to all stories, you know what I say, what do I always say? There's never been, all stories have already been written, right? It's right. just you tell them. <laughs> that's right. She tells this very, very well. Like this. So what did you think about the ending? Uh, which, <laughs> um, I without giving it away, what do you think about the ending? Oh, I know that's what I'm saying. How can I do this without giving it away? One thing I want to say about Morgan's ending, okay? Mm -hmm. Morgan's ending, I had moments when I talked about earlier about how you might have got an idea early on and then something went away and you forgot. Well, early on, I had that thought mm -hmm. and I said, okay. And then, I, and then later on, I was like, well, no, maybe there's some other things going on here that maybe, you know, her, I just didn't know her, her family history. Right. Right. And so I, when it came back around, I was like, yeah, I was right. I like it when that happens, you know, but I really did forget about it through the story. I did have it somewhere in the middle, somewhere it came, the, the thought of what this would, where this was heading came to me, but it was okay. I enjoyed it. Um, Anna's story that was that was really touching and amazing and um her ending her ending and her second ending I guess <laughs> yes right. yes um, it was so, a new beginning for that ending was a new beginning really we don't have to know where it went but we just know that to yeah. oh, I think 
at no matter what age you can you can begin again I guess as long as you're kicking right you get you got time so you know the one of the themes I put down is um, the passage of time on horrible events can does time erase them soften them heal them all of the above you know um, I would say it can it easier to talk about it in a book than a, if it was a real life situation that you were experiencing. But um, right. the time, the time, the passage of time on horrible events. And I, I don't have an answer for that. I'm just I'm just reviewing how that happens in stories and in historical facts and some horrible events that, you know, mm-hmm. people look, it, look. And and I become so much more comfortable with saying, well, that was then, you know, that that's that was in the past. Or I think in small town Edenton in 1940s, people needed to be very reserved and protective of their reputations because they did not know how to get past bad events. And so there never could ever be room for a bad event. But life is full of bad events. I mean, not your whole life, but Bad events happen to everybody's life. And, you know, trying to be beyond that understanding that this is a person's moment in time. And Anna's story really shows that moment in time and and the effects of that moment. But she moves on to some somebody, you know, a better person, a different way. You know, she moves past those events. So at any rate, when we look back on people's tragic moments, um, and that one little thought might pop in your head, never me, never I, never I, never I. Mm-hmm. You don't know, and you can't. And I try to reserve judgment in those situations because I don't feel that, um, not necessarily that I may find myself in a situation, but someone I love might. Right. And you still have to you have to love those people. So it's very unusual. How do you move past that or how do you judge that um, situation? And it's nice to be able to think about it. Right. Mm -hmm. In fantasy and fiction and not have to live it so much. That's always good when you can explore your own mental what ifs. Right. Fiction. And before we go, I would like to say that, you know, we, on our trip, we did a little trip to Edenton because that's not too far from us. And unfortunately we didn't get to visit in the shops and stuff because we got there so early and we had so many scheduled events and unscheduled events that popped up that day. (laughs) I, I have always loved Edenton. And I would definitely, it is a definite place. You can go to Edenton. You can see uh, some of these things. And I would highly recommend a trip. They have great bed and breakfasts there. It's a very slow, easy pace. Excellent Southern food. Excellent Southern food. Beautiful um, waterfront. That'll take you through places. Um, We stood in front of the, the... Show on Harold, which is we the, did. Yes, we did. And we took some pictures of us in some of those places just for fun. I mean, we didn't have a ton of time on there and we were earlier than most shops would have opened, but we did right. enjoy it. And I've been there, you've been there. It's uh-huh. it's really close by. But um it, it is a nice little place to it's a quiet little town uh-huh. and it just it's definitely someplace worth visiting, I think. I do too. There's so many cute things there and shop. But we were talking about when we got there, looking at some of those places that were from those times and that, and especially the downtown shops area still has, of course, like any other small town, it has some shops are there and then there's some empty spots. I mean, that's how mm-hmm. small town is definitely nowadays. And um, you could see the layers of history in, in, in the buildings. Most definitely. And and so you could totally have a point, uh, a moment where you were in a 1940s scene and, and, and be right there on a cafe or a look inside the shops and see, and, and it was beautiful. I mean, it was beautiful. There's um, a lot to look at and enjoy while you're down there. Yes. Sure. We had a nice, we had a nice visit. I want to go back. I want to take the hubs and mm-hmm. go stay at one of the 
the bed and breakfasts because that's it's just a great experience. So read the book because it's a great book. Diane Chamberlain did a great job. I'm glad so she's many a North Carolinian. Really, we 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 hope that we've intrigued you, and we hope that when you read, and if you have read the book, I hope you understand some of the great ideas that came to us through it. Yes. Um, it's a very it's a very cool book. She, yeah, she did a great job of tying that all together. And it's inspired me to get my art supplies out and take some Skillshare classes. There you go. You know, do what? some practice. I'm getting ready to go on a trip and I'm taking my, my art stuff with me. Some of it, just okay. a little of it, just enough fit in a bag, not all of it. <laughs> well, we could probably talk about this book all day long, but we figure you have other things to do. Um, yeah, maybe like Candy, you're going to go discover your inner artist. Right. Yep. I'm going to paint a mural. Go to, go to that's a local art gallery. That's more my style. You won't find me dragging art supplies with me, but I can go to a local gallery and see see young artists, and always, you know, look for ways to um to support your local artists. I mean, buy yes, definitely buy. read your local and artists, don't, and don't don't think about the price <laughs> compared. Let them let them know that their their time is worth worth money because it yeah. is important to support our artists. So I definitely, I think yeah, so. Maybe you can write in your diary, keep all your secrets down. Right. And you could, or you could find out more about the U.S. Postal uh, Mural Project, because I think that is really interesting. And you could go to, you could go to Wikipedia and type that in and find out what art is, where the art is in your state or where, you know, in the different counties or cities. Uh, that was very interesting that. The, the counties that we have, we have a hundred counties in North Carolina and there are quite a few of them represented. So, so we'll it'd be interesting to that, to that page. Cause definitely go on to our, our most definitely on our, we'll put it on our um, link tree. About and you that. can always, I'm sure. And I did not check beforehand, but I'm sure the memories project at the mm -hmm. library of Congress might possibly have some of them too. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they have some I'm interesting sure information about that. We'll have to link that on there. So we, you know, you've got plenty to do instead of listening to us going on about, which we could, we could, we could still talk about this book and all the wonderful things that, that we learned. It was, it was a really great read, but we'll be back next Wednesday mm -hmm. with a new book, a new cup of tea. Yeah. So, so you can join us and you can actually join us now on uh -huh. Spotify and, and on Apple. Yeah. We are there. Be sure to share this with your other book lovers and tea drinkers and um, stay connected to us. Um, follow us on our Instagram page at the perfect blend underscore SC. We'll mm -hmm. have some of our Edenton pictures up there and I'm going to definitely show my new steeping cup with my new teas from the tea spot. All right. We'll see you next time. And until then, read and sip on. on.